Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Pure Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Dio, and my total passion in life is to do anything and everything I can to help you get closer to God. I figure if we can do that, it's going to impact every other area of your life. From your finances, to your family, to your job, and without a doubt, your eternity. Sure, we'll talk musical worship, but more than anything, we'll talk fellowship and real friendship with our Heavenly Father. Abundant life done right. Our mission at the Pure Worship Podcast is to help you discover or rediscover that walking and talking full of purpose connection with God, that you might also empower others in the same way. So be encouraged and join the conversation as we go on the journey together. Today on the Pure Worship Podcast, Josh and I flip things on their head as we hit on the topic of faith it till you make it. Ever fallen prey to your feelings? Ever let your feelings dominate your decisions? Of course, it's the most obvious, natural way to live in this me-first generation. We've all struggled. Who hasn't? Not feeling like doing something we know is good for us. Not feeling like pursuing God in closer fellowship. Lacking in desire to obey, to say no to temptation, or even to go to church. We hear that spirit-breathed voice, but we allow the desires of our flesh to drive our actions instead. This is what we want to talk about as we get into more of the hows of becoming an awakened worshiper. A couple things to expect. Beware. We get even more silly than usual right off the top as Josh describes how he can go from the sublime to the absurd in 2.5 seconds. And I share a little ditty that links acquiring a taste for coffee to cultivating a hunger for the things of God. So let's pray and we'll get started. Holy God. You are beautiful. Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you for opening your heart to us and beckoning us to open our hearts to you. Awaken us today. Stir us, Lord, as we wrestle with our feelings and emotions, and we will give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's put this thing into high gear as we engage in this Tuesday's Pure Worship podcast entitled, Faith It Till You Make It. All right, Josh, I think we're rolling. Here we go, baby. (laughs) Here we go. We're rolling down the road. It's time for the Pure Worship Podcast. Pure Worship Podcast. Everybody, welcome Joshua Edwards. Joshua Neal Edwards, that is. Hola. Bienvenido a la Pure Worship Podcast. Getting my Spanish on, Jeff. Dios te bendiga. Uh, I don't don't understand a word you just said. Could you please speak English? Dios te bendiga means God bless you, God be with you. That's right. That's right. We are getting our Spanish on today. And uh, speaking of Spanish... Uh, we just had a great lunch. Mm. Has nothing to do with Spanish. No, it doesn't. Or Mexican. Well, it wasn't we, Spanish. We did have some blue blue corn tortilla chips and with some, some guacamole. guacamole. Authentic, handmade in the mountains of <laughs> Costco. Bogota. Bogota Costco. All right, good All times. All right, good, good times. times, good times. No, we had some good lunch. Good, good hang time. Mm. A little break between podcasts, but. 
We are not going to take a break. We are going to press on. Absolutely. We must, for the sake of the people. Wait, sorry. No having fun here. Why am I doing that voice? I, <laughs> I don't... I don't know, man. What's going on here? Okay. Edit. No. Okay. No, seriously, guys. Um, man, I hope you guys uh, enjoy. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't be listening, I suppose, because <laughs> you can easily turn us off. Don't turn us off. Do please. not turn us off. Does that mean we die if they turn us off? I don't know what that what means. What happens? <laughs> what happens, Josh? We, we drift out into the internet all by ourselves. Into the quantum zone. Quantum zone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we are with Ant-Man stuck oh, in the quantum zone. Gotta love the cultural references here. <laughs> anyway, so, but yeah, I, I really hope that you guys enjoy the little kind of back and forth that we have, uh, the two of us. Uh, I've definitely had some people that have said, you know, Josh brings this element that, that helps bring out some of the silliness in Jeff, you know, because yeah. I can get a little too serious sometimes, yeah, you know yes, what I'm saying? Yes, of course. So, but you bring a lot more than that too, because you bring some really awesome deep thoughts. Deep thoughts with Josh Edwards. My father-in-law says it like this, Jeff, that I have the ability to go from the sublime to the absurd in 2.5 seconds. So And back to the sublime. And and, and and back again. So hopefully you will accomplish that goal here, Jeff, today Mm -hmm. on Pure Worship Podcast. Absolutely. We like to do voices and... Bring in some funny stuff because, you know, sometimes we people, we're funny. We're kind of strange the way we act. And it's sometimes easier to laugh about some of the things that we do than it is to cry about some of the things that we do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because we do some silly things as people uh, in our effort to be religious or our effort to to strive or to, to live the way we're supposed to or whatever. And, man, we just we want to help you guys and honestly just share some of the things that God's been teaching us. And we're telling you this is not easy. Uh, but to become like a pure worshiper, to become an awakened pure worshiper, uh, we're just wanting to share some of the principles that God's been teaching us along the way. So relax, everybody. Chill out. Take a deep breath. <sighs> so let's get into this, brother. Right, I'm, I'm excited about uh, all of these podcasts, but what's so cool is, is you know, kind of out of today, man, we're going to be diving into a lot of themes out of chapter 19 uh, in your book, obviously, Awakening Pure Worship, name drop, book Ooh. drop, product placement. There it is. I just want to say, guys, it's a great book. And if you haven't checked it out, uh, go get yourself a copy, a copy um, and it'll really tie Get yourself a coffee. Get yourself too, a coffee right? and a copy <laughs> and, uh, and sit down and curl up by a warm fire with your cat named Edna. And read the book. <laughs> what is going on today? Anyway, we are tapping into <laughs> chapter 19. And this is the title, my brother. When we don't feel like it. Oh, man. I don't know about anybody else. I just don't there. do it when I don't feel like it. Well, that's me. If I don't feel it, I ain't doing it. Well, Josh, that's not good. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but seriously, this is our fourth podcast uh, on the how of becoming an awakened pure worshiper, there are a few things that we encourage you, some characteristics, some patterns that we've seen in the Bible of people that we truly admire, Mm. that we look up to, that we want to become. And in order to become an awakened pure worshiper, you've got to walk out some of these things. Uh, We talked about uh, worshiping God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength with our Rejoicing and Trembling podcast Mm -hmm. a couple back. Uh, We talked about being extravagant in our worship, in our life, being willing to do some things that 
would seem out of the norm. I mean, jumping out of a boat and to walk on the water, that's kind of crazy. Great idea. Yeah, that's, we should just try that. Yeah. We should, definitely. I mean, you know, those types of things, but that's what it means to be an extravagant worshiper. Yes, mm-hmm. in your expression, but also in the way that you live your life. And then we talked about becoming like a child, yeah. which to me is one of the most profound. Yep. You know, this kind of backwards, reverse Godology thing happened. Lord, help us to to know the difference between being childish and being childlike. Mm-hmm. And now we're moving into this this next one, which to me is such a, a foundational idea, such a foundational thought. We are such a feeling-based culture. Mm-hmm. Ah, drives me crazy. It reminds me of when I was a kid in middle school. All right. Uh, we talked about this a little bit ahead of time and you, you had some drum lessons. I took piano lessons. So painful. Right. Yeah. And you can relate to this. Maybe there's some people out there that, that can relate. It's kind of funny because every Monday night would roll around. I'm in middle school and all I want to do is I want to go outside and play football with my friends Mm. or I want to go play Legos or I want to watch TV, the three channels that we had. (laughs) And I want to, you know, all this stuff. I want to listen to some music, you know, some Chicago or mm. Genesis or oh something my. like that, you know, or or whatever. But then, what was it like 6.30 p.m. on Monday night? It's I time. To go to my piano lesson. It's time. Yeah. And I dreaded it. Every week, I'm like, oh. And I would, you know, go. My mom would say, it's time to go. i get my piano books. i you know, kind of. Walk over to the car, open the door, slump <laughs> in the car, and mom's kind of like, what's wrong? You know, I want to go to my piano lesson, you know. And sure enough, I would get there, and I had a great piano teacher. His name's Dave Collins. Not the Dave Collins that we know here in Minnesota, but a different guy. And he's awesome. He encouraged me. I had practiced most of the time, so I had a great lesson, and it was awesome. And I walked away happy that I went. Mm-hmm. Until the next week. Oh my goodness. <laughs> then I would do the same thing all over again. I want to go to my piano lesson yep. and I'd have a great time and everything be great until the next week. And then I'd be like, I don't want to go to my piano lesson. And around and around and around and around, around we go. So at some point, I think I just realized this is really stupid. Mm-hmm. It's silly because I actually do like playing the piano. I'm decent at it. Yep. And my teacher's great, and I really do enjoy the process, so stop dreading it, change the mentality, and I did. Mm-hmm. But I realized, Josh, man, there's so many things like this. Totally. Um, like, for example, exercise. What? Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's exercise? <laughs> what is this thing you call <laughs> exercise? <laughs> you know, it's something that uh, Martha and I started doing in the last couple of days. Um <laughs> No, it is something that I've always hated doing. I've always hated the idea of exercising. However, uh, even even this last April, uh, 2018, you know, Martha and I started on this new journey, and we started running together um, a couple times a week. Ended up running about three miles every other day or something like that, two or three times a week. And I've also been doing some push-ups, sit-ups, and curls with my boys on Tuesday, Thursdays in the morning. You know, kind of just trying to do some father-son time. Mm. You know, a little exercise. It's fun. Um, I never really want to do it, though. Right. I mean, I just did it this morning. You know, when we're did recording you- this, this is Thursday morning. We got up, and, and, and at 6 o'clock, I get up after a couple snoozes. You know, I hit the snooze button once, yep. and again. 
and have a little time with the Lord, read my Bible. My boys are up, they're reading their Bibles. And then we meet at about 645 down the basement here and we do a little exercise. Come on. And every time we do it, I, even the night before I'm thinking to myself, do I really want to do this? I don't feel like doing it. I don't want to do it. But what I've realized is that I really am thankful for the thing that happens after I exercise hmm. and I'm actually really happy about it. I'm like, whoa. And I'm thinking, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm thinking, yeah, Martha's going to be real happy that I did these push-ups. <laughs> 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 or, you know, there's, there's rewards for the things that you step out and do that you don't feel like doing. I, the same thing happened with the piano lessons. Same thing happens with things like apologizing. Mm. You know, I mean, how many of us knew we needed to apologize to somebody? Not me. Eh, well, exactly. I, I, Cause you're perfect. Well, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but you know, I mean, like the, I get I, it, the idea, right, of, of having to apologize, you know you need to, yeah. but you don't want to. It takes some serious humility to go and say those words, I was wrong, Jeff. Wrong. <laughs> the word is wrong. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I was wrong. And I'm slippy. Samsonite. I was way off. Sorry. sorry. You were sorry, Jeff. I was, I'm sorry. Just those words, right? But then when you do that, yeah. man, it shifts things in the relationship. Point being, we're trying to tell some stories. And I'm sure there's some things that people have in their lives that you could also relate to where you say, man, I didn't feel like doing this. But then when I did, I was super glad that I did. Yes. So you've got a little story for us. Story time with Josh. We're kind of coming out of that, man. We're going to be talking a little bit about this dude named Abraham in the Old Testament. Anybody heard of him? Abraham, and he had a son, Isaac, and uh, we're actually, you've never heard of him? No. Well, see, well, let me tell you the story. That was Abram. Well, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. He was Abram. Tell me the story. He's the the artist formerly known as Abram. He is now going to become Abraham sometime. And uh, here's the deal. So so Abram, uh, the Lord actually speaks to him and he says, hey, I got something I kind of need you to do. Mm. That son Sounds of yours, fun. that thing that I promised you, like mm. when I brought you out into the field, and I said, "Hey, why don't oh, you?" Yeah, yeah, remember that this? One. Remember that, Jeff? Yeah, right. that one. All right, that's all right. Isaac, my favorite, my <laughs> only, the one I love with all of my heart. Right, yeah. but he promised when you promised me. He said, "You're gonna have all these. Your, your children's gonna be as numerous as the stars in the sky, grains of sand in the sea, mm. and it's gonna come mm. through uh, Isaac." And Dude, then, this one guy that one you guy. gave me, I'm so thankful. Yeah. Yeah, thank wow. you. Yes, Lord. What, what do you have? So that me? so then here's the deal, yes. Abe. Okay. Yeah. Um, gonna need you to go up on the mountain. And so if you call me Abe, can I call you G? You you could if you wanted to, Jeff. I'm the I'm. You can call me OG because I'm the original. God, this is. Hey Abe, I want you to come up on the mountain with me. I want you to bring your boy, and I'm gonna have you. Uh, Lay him down. I'm gonna have you sacrifice him. So if you can oh, go, so this is like real figurative. Like yeah, it's, it's not really like a literal thing you're saying. Well, I mean, you know, spiritually speaking. No, no, it's very. Uh, I'm actually asking you to go up and uh, what and kill him. Yeah. Huh? Is this some sort of test? Well, it, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is a test. Yes, it is. And okay. I'm uh, just checking to see if you could uh, go ahead and uh, do that for me. So okay. Uh, so it says early. The next morning, I, Abe, get up, get up and get everything together and start heading out. Right. So they're going up on the mountain. 
little Isaac is, or I don't know how little he is. The Bible doesn't really specify. He could have been a grown man. He could have been 16. He could have been a four-year-old. I don't know. That's true. But he says, Pops, I didn't see that you brought any uh, any sheep or lambs or rams or any of uh, the sacrifice. What's going to uh, happen? Sorry. What'd you say, son? I didn't, I didn't hear that. What? Uh, there's no animal that you brought to sacrifice Pops. Oh, wait a second. I think one of the services called me. Just a second. Just a second, Isaac. Uh, just a second. Oh, sorry. Were you saying something, man? Dad. Yeah, what? There's what? no animal uh-huh. that is coming up on the mountain. Just wondering what you're going to be sacrificing up there. I mean, I mean, you know, um, so you noticed that. You yes. Noticed that. Okay. Um, well, here's the deal, Zach. You know, I, <laughs> Zach. I, <laughs> Zach. And then all of a sudden, Holy Spirit takes over Abe's mouth. And he says something pretty profound. He says, Isaac, God will provide the sacrifice. I don't even think Abraham understood at the time. But at that point, that quieted the young fella. And he stopped asking questions, apparently. Right. So then, right, he takes him up the mountain. They go up to the top of the mountain. Yeah. Because that was on the way. They get up there. And, and it's hard to imagine this story. Like, how in the world... Does Abe get Isaac to lay down on the altar? I mean, this is one of those things I I want to ask. One of those things when I get to heaven, I want to ask, like, how did this all work? Was Isaac just so disciplined? Or did, like, Abraham stick up behind him with a rock and hit him in the head? (laughs) That's why I I, kind of assume that he's just a small child because, you know. But even still, did he wrestle? Did he freak out? What are you doing? Were you tying me down? You know, or did he just, like. It's all good. Maybe Holy Spirit came over him and, and quieted him. I don't know. Maybe he thought, he thought it was like a role-playing thing, because I, I even do it with my little girl. <laughs> I throw her on the bed. I said, all right, it's time to do surgery. And so she oh. just lays there and acts like she's getting surgery. I don't know, man. I, okay. I, There's I, not real knives involved. It, it, no. Okay, good. Sometimes. Okay, okay But right. it causes the imagination. Like, what is the deal with yes, Isaac? Yeah. What is the deal with this kid? Right? So, but it's crazy to think about. Now, let me just pause in the story right here, right? Um, we kind of have know, know how things go, but we'll come back to it. Uh, reminds me of a friend of mine, hmm. uh, a friend of mine who came to Martha and I a number of years back, and he was actually having a bunch of trouble with his marriage. And hmm. so he came for a little counsel, but you know, as oftentimes when you come for the counsel, it's a little too late because you've kind of already made up your mind. They came to us, told us the situation. They had been married for, I think it was like 20 years. Jeez. And so it's one of those new trends, you yeah. know, where you kind of stay married for a long time. The mom and dad make everything about the kids and mm. they never have, they never invest in their life. Yeah. And then when the kids grow up, you look at each other and say, I don't even know why we're together because mm. the whole reason for their existence was for the children. Yeah. And this might be for somebody out there because the most important thing you can do for your kids is to love your spouse. All right. Yeah. That's a side note. But this guy comes to me and says, you know, I, I've lost my, my love for my mm. wife. And, I, and, he, and he says something that, that at first sounded really noble. Yeah. He says, you know, Jeff, I, I don't want to be fake. I don't, I don't want to be fake. I, I don't have any feelings for it. I don't want to keep, you know, going on with the relationship right. if, if I don't love her anymore. Yeah. It'd be best if I just bow out now because I don't have any feelings for her. Yep. And my first thought is like, wow, this guy's really, wow, like, what a great guy. He doesn't mm. want to be fake in this relationship. But it got me thinking about some things that I learned from John Bevere. 
Hmm. I'm telling you, most of you guys out there know who John Bevere is. Uh, incredible speaker, author. Uh, he's been a mentor for me and really has just, I, I mentioned him quite a bit in my book. Uh, so much of what I have learned has come through writings that he has written. Love it. Uh, so, but one of these concepts is this concept that, that he introduced me to. And really, it brings us to this misconception. Mm-hmm. This misconception that says that feelings precede actions. Right. Uh, if you have a craving for a McDonald's hamburger, and who doesn't, Josh, you know, or McDonald's fries, you know, not who doesn't, me. right? Not me. Surely not you, but, you know, me. I love it. If I have a craving for it, the automatic assumption is, well, I should fulfill that craving. The right. craving comes first, and then I should consume uh, that hamburger in response to my craving. Yeah. One of the things that John brought out, which it really does make sense, it gets back to our reverse Godology stuff, is that, that God did not wire us to consume what we crave. Mm. He wired us to crave what we consume. Okay, you may need to rewind that one. So often we imagine we're just plain out of luck when it comes to the battle over our cravings. I mean, what's a guy to do, right? If we fall out of love with someone, it's not our fault. You certainly can't control a thing like love. Seriously, emotions are powerful things, right? What if it's true? What if they are actually more like clay on a potter's wheel? Yes, instead of them being something that shapes us, what if God designed it so that we can shape them? What if he actually wired us with the power to design our own passions, even as we make choices in our daily lives? Whoa. All right, so I think it's high time we give away another one of my books, Awakening Pure Worship. I just received a testimony this week from a college student who said this, this is the best book I have ever read. I cried the whole way through. I learned so much. In fact, you know what? Because I'm feeling generous, we're gonna give away three books to the first three people to email us with this information at info at That's info at What is the full name of the author speaker who taught me about craving what we consume? Go. Okay, as we get back to the conversation, I stir up hope by revealing the truth of how getting the snowball of faith rolling in our lives is easier and more effective than we might think. And Josh shares a ridiculous quote from Bill Johnson about the vast difference between being a believer and being a feeler. So grab a friend and settle in as we get back to the Pure Worship Podcast. So God did not wire us to consume what we crave, but he actually wired the human body, mind, soul, spirit, the whole thing, to crave whatever it is that we consume. It's interesting. So it's totally backwards, right? I mean, you would think that the idea is you have the craving for the hamburger, so you eat it. But it actually works the other way around. Yeah. The reason you have the craving for the hamburger is because you have consumed it. Right. Now, sometimes that could go to the point of I've seen it in the advertisement and I've consumed it with my eyes, maybe, you know, but most of us have had a hamburger. And so we're like, wow, the reason that we, we have cultivated our hunger or our taste Mm -hmm. for things by consuming them. Yeah. We assume automatically that if we don't like something, I got to be honest, Josh, that 
one of the things that drives me crazy is when people say things like you offer them a salad or, or some vegetables or something. They're like, well, I just, I just don't eat that rabbit food, you know, <laughs> or it just doesn't, I, it doesn't, you know, it's not one with me. It's not what I like. It's not my thing. It just you know? doesn't do it for me. But I wonder, and this is maybe for somebody out there as well, because we've got this whole, you know, ranch dressing and chicken finger generation mm. right come on we all like some chicken fingers oh, and ranch dressing right Lordy. ranch dressing on everything yes uh, <laughs> but the reason that we have we, we crave these things is because we consume them and i'm yep. wondering could we potentially suggest that one of the reasons we don't like vegetables is because we don't consume them right i mean it, it just goes back to the whole idea of acquired taste right how many people liked their first sip of black coffee? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you taste black coffee for the very first time, you're like, why are people drinking this dirty water? Right. I mean, it's disgusting, right? But it, as you consume something over time, yep. and this happens potentially in a negative sense with alcohol as well. Typically, the guy who tastes beer for the first time, it's not like, oh, wow, this is awesome, yep. right? But you begin over time to consume something and you develop a craze craving for it. Yeah. So we're bringing all this back to the idea that God's kingdom is the same way. Most of us are thinking, well, I don't really feel like worshiping God, Mm. or I don't feel like reading the Bible, or I don't feel like praying. Mm -hmm. And so we don't. Right. But the idea here is if you want to develop or cultivate a taste for prayer, you got to pray. Yeah. If you want to, to cultivate the taste for God's word, so many people are like, ah, God's, it's so boring. It's so wood. So I don't even get it. Yeah. But see, that's the, the crazy thing. And if you don't hear anything else in this podcast, hear this. The reason you don't have a taste for the word of God is because you refuse to consume it. Yeah. The reason you don't understand it is because you refuse to consume it. Understanding comes as you consume. Yes. As you uh, begin to take steps of faith to consume something, then you're going to develop a craving for it. It's the idea of you become what you behold. Yes. Uh, You know, I love that. Consumption creates a craving or consumption develops a craving. I just want to go back to something you touched on, man. Yeah. Uh, The misconception that feelings precede actions. Mm. I don't know about people listening here, but for me, just straight up, I'm a feeler. Um, I struggle with a lot of uh, really establishing disciplines in my life before. And so if I'm not feeling it, I'm not doing it typically. Mm -hmm. And uh, the cool thing is, is the Lord has been doing a reset in my life that I really feel like I'm starting to be creating a discipline. Um, You know, as Jeff, as Jeff was talking about bringing his, his boys down and, and uh, exercising with them in the early morning, guys, really, this is about not about what you're feeling like doing, but in the end, you know, it's, it reminds me of Hebrews 12, bro. It says that no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but mm-hmm. in the end, it'll reap a harvest of righteousness and, yes. tr- and, and peace for those who That's believe. Right. And so I think just the more we do that, and again, it's not supposed to be um, a religious duty or obligation, but sometimes guys, we just got to step up and do what we're not feeling. Yeah. And so you go back to my friend, right? And my first thought was, well, he's noble for saying he doesn't want to go against what he feels. But the point is this, 
The reason that he loved his wife from the beginning is because he poured himself into doing it. Yeah. I mean, you might think, oh no, I saw this girl and I loved her immediately. But the reason that you cultivate a love for someone is because you begin to dote on them. Yeah. Because you begin to write them love notes. You begin to take them out to dinner. You begin to do things for them. You say things to them to encourage them. You're actually cultivating, you're, you're stepping into or pouring into your relationship. Yep. And as you do that, your love grows. You're putting logs on the fire. Yes. Yep. Yep. Because you're not, it's not that you, you're not going to increase your action of love uh, as a result of your feelings of love. Yep. It's that your feelings of love will actually increase as you increase the actions that you take toward loving someone. Yep. So that's what I told my friend, Martha and I both, and this is literally the first time I, I was actually learning this concept. I felt mm-hmm. like the Holy Spirit was telling me, and then I heard this teaching from John Bevere as well. But in that moment, it's like I found myself telling my friend, like, dude, you need to go back and forget your feelings. Yep. You need to start writing her love notes even when you don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. You need to schedule a time to take her out. You need to schedule, you know, do all these different things like you used to do, Mm -hmm. right? Go back to the things. I mean, you mentioned that from, was it from Revelation? Yeah. You were mentioning the church of Laodicea. Jesus says to the church, he says, go back to the things that you did at first. Yeah. Return to your first love. Like rediscover that, that thing. Um, you know, and so me being a feeler, guys, when I open this chapter, chapter 19, there's a quote by Bill Johnson at the top of the thing. And this is so powerful. And if you can get a hold of this, I don't know. It's awesome. Man, listen, listen this. bro. This is powerful. If you only do what you feel like doing, you are not a believer. You are a feeler. Whoa. Let me say it again. If you only do what you feel like doing, you're not a believer. Wow. You're a feeler. what i mean that's that's a great statement huge statement to that guys because we all would say most of you listening out there would say i am a believer in jesus christ come on right we use that word to replace christian right i'm a christian i'm a believer yeah but bill here is saying if you only follow your feelings then you're actually not what you confess to be man you're not a believer yeah. That's big. You're a feeler. So instead of saying, oh, I'm a believer, you would actually go around and say, oh, I'm a feeler. <laughs> Nobody really wants to confess that, but right. that's truly what he's saying here. So going back to the Abraham thing, man, yes. my question to you is, and to the crowd here, do you think that Abraham felt like laying his son on that altar? Do you think that he felt like getting up early that morning, hauling his son up there with no sacrifice, had no idea where the substitute was going to come in? He had every intention of like, well, if the Lord doesn't provide, I'm going to have to sacrifice my son. Do you think he felt like doing that? I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous, right? Of course he didn't. Yeah. But he didn't sit around. He still responded by faith. And man, read that verse. So guys, this is Hebrews chapter 11. And y'all know this. This is the great chapter of the hall of faith. Mm. And this is 19. It says, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And, fig- <laughs> Come on, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Wow. He knew going into it, he trusted his God, even though he didn't feel like it, even though it grieved his heart, wow. even though it meant, you know what, I'm going to have to lay down my dream. The thing that the, the, the Lord spoke to me, I might have to lay that down. Yep. All the children, all the offspring, this is the lineage that it's going to come out of. And guess what? The Lord's asking me, I'm going to lay it down. Man, I mean, think about that kind of faith. This is the thing that we're talking about here, guys. When we're saying, what are the patterns of awakened 
pure worshipers? What are the characteristics of the people that we're looking to that we believe that God is revealing these folks are awakened pure worshipers? They have faith like this. That's ridiculous faith. Yeah. That's insane faith for him to say, well, I mean, I serve the God who made people out of nothing. Yeah. So if he told me, see, he promised, he promised that he was going to bless my line, my family, my heritage through Isaac. Mm-hmm. And I know that my God doesn't break his promises. Now he's testing me and he's making it look like he's going to break his promise because how can he do what he promised if Isaac is dead? Yeah. Well, he had insane faith and said, well, if he made him the first time, he can remake him again. That's if right. I kill him, he can bring him back from the dead. Yeah. That's insane. Yes. That's the kind of faith that God is calling us to have as awakened pure worshipers to understand that most things in the kingdom really work in reverse, right? So the, so the way that we respond to this, my friend, right? We thought he was noble by saying, well, I don't want to be fake, Mm -hmm. but see, here's the thing. And you've heard this said before. We didn't make this up, but I love this. We don't fake it to make it. Mm -hmm. We faith it to make it. I've heard people say, well, Jeff, you know, I feel bad because if I show up at church and I don't feel like worshiping God, then I feel like if I start singing, I'm actually being fake. Yeah. Jeff, I want to be authentic. Yeah. Okay, but you're not understanding what's happening here, guys. See, you're not being fake when you step out. Now, you can be a fake worshiper. We can sing the songs and not mean it. But here's the thing. I have shown up so many times to a service. I've walked in. Guys, I'm a worship leader. Come on, yeah. I I teach worship leading at North Central University. I'm like the worship leading guy. Like, I wrote the book on it, right? But there are times, can I be honest, where I don't feel like worshiping God. Mm -hmm. I'm not jumping out of bed going, oh, I can't wait to sing. Can't wait to read my Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not running. I mean, I am a part of who I am is a pastor at Celebration Church Mm -hmm. in Lakeville, Minnesota. Part of my job is to be a pastor. And you're telling me that some days I show up at Celebration Church and I don't feel like worshiping (laughs) God. Sometimes I'm supposed to get up on the stage and I don't feel like worshiping God. Here's the thing. It doesn't make me fake if I start stepping out in faith because I've been there before and I haven't felt like lifting my hands and I haven't felt like singing. But the moment that I step in by faith, I lift up my hands. I begin to open my mouth. It's as if my mouth is a key to opening my heart. Mm -hmm. As I begin to lift up my voice in faith, right? Not faking it to make it, but faithing it to make it something begins to shift and my emotions now not always but a lot of times my emotions will awaken as i take steps of faith to be obedient and that's really what we're saying here guys we're saying that you can cultivate a taste for worship yeah you can cultivate a taste for god's word yeah you can cultivate a taste for prayer yes uh, guys you are not going to be the person of God that you are called to be if you get bored of praying after two minutes. Yeah. You have got to cultivate a heart for prayer. Mm. How many times, man, have I not felt like praying? Yeah. But guess what, Josh? Then when I stepped into it, my wife and I get together and we didn't feel like praying. Sometimes we go for walks outside of our house and around our neighborhood, put the kids to bed, go just take walks together, get out of the house, and we just start praying as yeah. we're walking. I'm telling you, 30 minutes can go by just like that. 
45 minutes and all of a sudden like, oh, we need to, we need to go back in the house mm-hmm. because you start praying, you start the snowball rolling, you know, and then it gets going, yeah. but you have to start by faith. We've talked about this before in previous podcasts, man, about uh, different, you know, putting logs on different fires or feeding different dogs or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the dog you feed is the one that's going to survive. Right? So it's gonna... it kind of ties. It's a throwback to that kind of thing. So. Uh, even though you might not feel like, I might not feel like getting up at 5.30 in the morning. Man, I'm not a morning person. Uh, but that's what I need, honestly, yep. to, to get in touch with the Lord and worship. And man, the whole time you're talking about Abraham, I'm thinking about uh, this quote I heard that obedience is the highest form of worship. Mm-hmm. And so on a, in a worship context level, guys, me as a musician, me as a minister of the gospel, me as a, a missionary, whatever I am, uh, it's, it's really crucial that we step out in faith. Yes. Not in, I used to tell worship leaders this, Jeff, I used to say, Hey, you know, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. (laughs) And there were some times that people would get up and I'd be like, guys, sometimes you just need to fake it till you make it. But guess what, man, (laughs) this was so good for me today because I'm, you don't have to be fake. Yes. But you step out in faith and God will meet you in that faith, just like he did with Abraham, just like he did with Paul and Silas as they're sitting in that prison. They didn't feel like worse. Man, are you kidding me? I wouldn't want to lift my song, but they did, man. Things around their wrists and ankles, probably cutting off circulation, causing them to bleed, sitting in excrement, all this kind of stuff. But still in faith, they in faith, in faith, they stepped out and they literally shook the foundations. And guys, that's what we want to bless you with today. Your faith is going to shake the foundations of the situations that you're in. It's bigger than just you and your little relationship with the Lord, which is huge and it's awesome. But this is about what God wants to do among the nations, among different people. So one of my favorite quotes that we and we're going to wrap this up here, but uh, from the book, I came across this. I mean, who doesn't love the C.S. Lewis quotes, right? Oh, yeah. But this is so good. It just it, it just confirms this idea. Like, you got to understand this idea. We're calling you to step out and begin doing the things of the kingdom that you don't feel like doing, and we're telling you that it will actually stir up a heart to do them. Yeah. If you'll begin to eat your vegetables, you actually can <laughs> develop a taste for vegetables. It yes. really is true. Hmm. Maybe there's some of you need to actually take that literally. Yeah. Like eat your vegetables. I promise you. If you begin to do it, your taste buds will shift. It's actually a scientific fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you talked about the coffee thing, the whole thing, but you can acquire a taste for the things that you wouldn't normally acquire a taste for. And so we're telling you, C.S. Lewis backs this up. He says the same thing. He says, when you are behaving as if you love someone, Mm. you will presently come to love them. I wish I'd had that quote Mm. to tell my friend, right? Because I said, look, buddy, listen, if you will start behaving Mm -hmm. as if you love her, you will begin to love her. Yes. I mean, that is crazy backwards, but it is absolutely true. So if you will begin behaving like you love God, Mm -hmm. meaning like you'll get up, you'll open that book, start reading your Bible, start talking to him, then you will actually begin to love him for mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. You, you won't have to fake it anymore. And that's the point. We don't want to live faking. Yeah. We don't want to be fake Christians. And so most people just give up yep. because like, well, I feel like I'm faking it and I don't want to be fake. Mm-hmm. No, faith it instead. Begin behaving like you love God. Begin behaving like you're mm-hmm. a child of the King and you will presently come to love him. And so Lord, stir our affections, stir our appetite, but yes. Lord, stir our actions yes. to press
press into you, Lord. May we make a conscious decision to press into you, Lord. And Lord, may we get over this misconception. May we understand the truth. Uh, Lord, I pray that our actions would move us into strong, fiery affection for you, Lord. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the day you've been waiting for, really. God is bringing supernatural revelation to our hearts to help us grasp once and for all that we can walk in obedience, that we can become true and passionate followers of Christ, that we can overcome and even shape the cravings in our lives in the power of the Holy Spirit through faith. It's true, when we simply begin taking steps of faith to behave the way we long to, we will begin to see our pursuit of God skyrocket like never before. Paul sums it up in Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Okay, on our next podcast, Josh and I give some uber practical ways to unnumb your heart to the grandeur of God. So please know that we are super grateful for you joining the conversation and we look forward to hanging with you next Tuesday for a powerful new episode of the Pure Worship Podcast.